Welcome and thanks for joining us for this week's encouraging and faith-building message from C3 Topol. For more information about C3 Topol, visit our website c3churchtopol.org.nz. Now for this week's message. You know, I'll tell you something. The, the man or woman who has had an encounter with God or an experience with God is never at the mercy of the man who has an argument. Like you can get people and they're really well educated and they're smarter than you and they've got their, or they're a scientist or something and they've got all these reasons why God's not true and yet when you see Jacob, you see a reason why God is true because God is in the people changing, family transforming, city shaking business. And he says, I, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today and forever. And if God can save Jacob, he can sa- and if he can save me, he can save anybody. Who's believing God for someone to come to Christ? Never stop believing. You know what? I, I remember I was a real atheist and I hated Christians. I hated God. And I, I remember I went on this holiday and there's a guy there and he witnessed to me and I told him to, you know, buzz off. And then I was hitching a ride in Christchurch, this is back, way back in the 70s, and someone picked me up who was a Christian and he witnessed to me. And then I was working with a guy at, at, uh, at my job. He witnessed to me and took me to church, but I still didn't get saved. And then, I don't know if anybody knows Steve Aparana, you've met him, and Matthew Warren, who lives in Rotorua. And these guys were in a rock band, I'd seen them play, and they, were, they just started to work with me, and they started to share the gospel and their testimony, and they invited me into their homes. And you know what? You might not, that person you witness to tells you to buzz off, they might not get saved then, but you might have taken them from a minus 10 to a minus 8. And then the next person's going to take them to a minus 5, the next person to a minus 3, and the next person is going to lead them to Christ. Never give up. God didn't give up on you. Don't give up on your friends because God is in the people-saving business. He's willing that none should perish, but all should come to a knowledge of the truth. Okay, so, well, tonight, I'm going to just, look, my name's Mark Saunacock. I'm from Christchurch, New Zealand. I was a pathetic loser, and one day, I was a bit like Jacob. I had an encounter with Christ and totally changed my life. Unfortunately, like Jacob, I didn't get better looking. Uh, I stayed the same. But anyway, but the change happened on the inside. It happened on the inside. Um, So, look, I'd like you to turn your Bibles to the Gospel of John and uh, Jesus' first ever miracle. And look, we're in Oktoberfest. So I thought it would be appropriate on how to keep the wine flowing. Just bring up that title again. How to keep the wine flowing. You know, Oktoberfest, it's a time of celebration, right? So we're going to, and listen, can I just say this to you today? If you're religious and you got baptized not in water, but in lemon juice, I want you to stop it right now. I want you to get happy, because in the, full, in the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. And it doesn't matter what personality profile you've got, whether you're melancholic, a choleric, a phlegmatic, or a sanguine, it makes no difference. When Jesus gets on the inside of you, you start to get happy, you start to get excited, even if you're a chief supporter and they're in a slump, or you're a crusader supporter and they're winning championship after championship after championship, doesn't make any difference. 
because you got the joy of God on the inside. Is that right or what? What's your name? Summer. I've got a daughter, Summer. Yeah, I've got a daughter called Summer, and she is one of the executive pastors at Jürgen Matesius' church, with the biggest church in our movement. Last Easter, they had 13,000 people in attendance. So good on you, Summer. Good to see you with that big smiling face. Well done. Okay. Now, you must have been peeking at my notes because you're happy. Okay, so I'm going to do an expository message tonight, and we're just gonna, I'm just going to read out a passage of Scripture, and I want you to have your Bibles open on your devices or whatever, or follow it on the screen if you left your Bible in your car tonight. Okay, and here we go. John chapter 2, reading from the NIV, and it says this. Verse 1, on the third day, a wedding took place in Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. Imagine going to a party. You think, oh, let's, we're going to have a great old time, and your mother's there. Oh, that wouldn't be. Anyway, I just thought of that there. <coughs> when the wine was gone, when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour has not come. Has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Um, that's 75 to 115 litres. Okay, Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet was a New Zealander. He tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He, didn't, they didn't, he did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and he said, here's a kiwi, everyone brings out the choice wine. It's pretty choice, eh, bro? It's choice first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. May God bless this wonderful passage of Scripture to us and open our hearts to receive all the great lessons that are in here. It's amazing when you read the Bible, isn't it? It's amazing what jumps out of the page at you. It's incredible. So I was reading this passage here, and this start, stuff started coming, so I just want to share this. But just to, as an introduction, there's a whole bunch of people, and that we're all having a good time. We're all praising God and having fun, but then the wine starts running out in our personal world. And what we need, we need to have principles to keep the wine flowing. That sense of celebration, that sense of fun, that sense of excitement, that set, when we're in the presence of God, there's fullness of joy that needs to be flowing. And if the taps have been turned off, let's see them turned on again tonight. And everybody said, come on, give me some sugar. Okay, that's good. Right, here we go. Now. Point one, how many people want wine flowing figuratively in their world? 
bit too much is bad for you, but hey, a little bit's okay. Okay, number one, invite Jesus into your world. Look what it says here, verse 2, Jesus and his disciples had been invited. Guys, I'm not talking about, when I used to to be, and I saw Jacob was the same, when you're on the outside looking in, you think Christians are a bunch of freaks, they're a bunch of losers, they're a bunch, you know, whatever, they're boring. I used to think Christianity was boring. I used to, I loved a good party. Unlike yourself, I know you're a very quiet person, but for me, I'll do a party. But you know what? Here's the thing. The great thing is Christianity is the most exciting and wonderful thing. Jesus is the most wonderful person. In fact, Hebrews says, because Jesus, you have hated um, sin and love righteousness. God, even your God has anointed you with the oil of joy above all your fellows. Jesus was a was the man of sorrows on one side, but he was also a very, very joyful person. And the other, in fact, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. So we need to get happy. Mate, God saved us. The worst case scenario is we die and go to heaven. And what are we doing in heaven? Partying on. Party on, Wayne. Party on, Garth. It's awesome. It's awesome. The worst case scenario is you die and go to heaven. So, so, but how do we get the party going? Invite Jesus into your world. Mate, you might be a bit empty. You might be, maybe there's people here you've never met Christ. Or maybe you've been a Christian for a while. Let's invite Jesus back into our worlds. Let's say, God, I want you to become. Because when Jesus is there and the taps have been turned off, they'll get turned on again. And the wine will start to flow. And so number one, invite Jesus. In fact, John 1.12 says this, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become. Everybody say, the right to become. The right to become the children of God. Receive him. Invite him into your world. And uh, John, Revelation 3.20 and it's this great scripture, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. And so we say, you know, hey, you need to come to Christ, you need to get saved. He's actually writing this to the church. Not writing it to non-Christians, primarily in Revelation 3.20. He's writing it to the church. God is knocking at your door tonight and saying, I want to come back into your world. I want to have a relationship with you. I want to bring the celebration and the excitement back into your world. And it's funny because I can imagine John, who actually wrote this gospel, also writing the book of Revelation. And I could see him maybe saying, hey, Jesus, I need you back in my world. Come back in. I, maybe I'm a bit dry. I'm on the island of Patmos. So it's been a bit quiet lately. And I can imagine and, and, and I can imagine him praying that. And then the next, in, in Revelation 4, straight after this, Revelation 3.20, it says, Then I saw a door opened in heaven. And a voice saying to me, come up here, and I'll show you what's going to happen in the near future. As we open our doors to Jesus, he opens his doors for us. As we open the door here on earth, there's a door in heaven that opens. The door to your future. The door that opens up the endless possibilities that are yours and I or mine in Christ. Invite Jesus into you. Well, this is all right. I'm doing okay. Point one. Point two. Don't just invite Jesus. It's not enough to invite Jesus. You need to invite his disciples in as well. So Jesus and his disciples, verse 2, 
were also invited to the wedding. One of my favorite scriptures is totally and utterly obscure. It's in Isaiah 65, verse 8, and it says this. In the New King James, it says, The wine is found in the cluster of grapes. Now listen, you get one grape. You can't do a lot with one grape, can you? If you're by yourself, it's a bit boring, isn't it? Although I must admit, my wife went away last week. She took our daughter, Cezanne. I've got a daughter, Cezanne, as well. It was her 21st, so they took her. They went up to Cairns and up to the Barrier Reef and had fun. And I was left at home all by myself. Oh, dear. What am I going to do with myself? Oh, I know. I'm going to watch football all week. You beauty. And stupid action movies. Awesome. And, you know, so I don't mind a little bit of, a little bit of being by myself. It's okay. But you know what? It gets a bit old after a while, doesn't it? I mean, the dishes start to stack up, Jacob, don't they? You know, we can't have that. So, just kidding, just kidding. But you know what? So, so, so we need, the, the, the wine's found in the cluster. When you get a bunch of grapes, when you get a bunch of God's people, people are on the same page. People are moving in the same direction. And you chuck it, you know, you're Italians, you, you chuck it in the bathtub and you, you take off your shoes and socks and you, Leap into the bathtub and you, you start dancing around and make the wine starts flowing. When you gotta, we need each other. Turn to your neighbor, particularly if they're cute, and say, We need each other, baby. Yeah, baby. You're wild, baby. Yeah. Come on. It's awesome. It's awesome. When we, isn't it great having people around us? Wow, people who need people are the luckiest people in the world. Uh, anyway, invite his disciples. I feel so sorry for people who make some commitment to Christ and then they go to church. They're stuck out. And Proverbs chapter 32, verse 1 says this, the lone ranger always falls off his horse. See, Proverbs 32, 1 doesn't exist, but that's true. You know, it's true. They, you know, the person, they're by themselves and it's just me and, Lord, it's just me and thee, but I'm a bit worried about thee. Mate, mate, get amongst God's people. Get amongst God's people, they're good for you. They'll do you good. If you're miserable, they'll cheer you up. And, and, and you can get excited together. It's awesome. Ecclesiastes says two are better than one. Two are better than one. One of you will chase a thousand, two will put 10,000 to flight. When you combine a couple of people together and you get excited, wow. The sky's the limit anyway. I better move on. But let me say this. Moses... Moses was arguably the most solitary man in the entire Bible. Spent 40 years by himself in the wilderness. Or just, you know, with a couple of sheep. He got married and the kids were there. But he was out in the wilderness with a bunch of sheep. But you know what? When there was a crisis, when there was a battle, he went up the mountain and he prayed as the Amalekites were attacking Israel. But he didn't go up the mountain alone. He took two friends with him. Moses, Aaron and a guy called Hur, and, and in the heat of battle, when things were getting tough, it says, uh, Exodus 17, 12, when Moses' hands grew tired, his friends, Aaron and Hur, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. The Bible says, who's a rock but our God? When we've got friends with us, they'll remind us of who we are in Christ, and that we're seated in Him in heavenly places, and we're getting tired, and the battle starts to be lost because their hands are dropping, but there'll be a friend on one side and another friend on the other. They'll hold our hands up, and we will win. His hands remain steady, and they won the battle. It's awesome. Don't just invite Jesus into your world. Surround yourself with His people, and it's awesome. Guys, 
Are you getting up on stage now and starting to play? You're not, are you? I've only got seven minutes. Sit down. I'm the only person allowed to go over time. Just wait a minute, wait a minute. It's only point two, gee. Okay, okay. Now listen, third point. Sit down, guys. I won't be long. Third point. Third point. Listen to this. His mother, verse three, sorry, verse five, his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Guys, here you go. Do yourself a favor. Do what the Bible says. Peter had had been fishing all day, hadn't caught anything. And Jesus said, go out into the deep. And Jesus said, uh, sorry, Peter said, we've been, we've tried all night to catch stuff and we haven't caught anything. Nevertheless, because you say so. Because you say so. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law will not depart from your mouth. But you'll be careful to meditate on it. Do whatever it says. Then you'll be prosperous. How many people want to be prosperous? Anybody? How many people want to be successful? Then you'll be prosperous. Then you'll be successful when you do what God tells you to do. And so these servants just did what they were told. And Jesus said, okay, see the water over there? See those stone jars? I want you to fill them with water. Now listen, stone jars. The the law was written on tablets of stone. The stone jars were there for ceremonial washing. Religion's not going to get the job done. Religion won't get the, the ceremonies of religion will not bring celebration and life into your personal world. But Jesus is there to turn water into wine. Now listen, guys, water is absolutely essential for life, isn't it? If you don't have water, I mean, it's oxygen, water, then sleep, actually, then food. And by the way, if you want to get to sleep, I've been struggling sleeping because my body's a bit out of whack. Sarah gave me some advice. I said, oh, look, I'm, I'm staying here. I'm staying here. I, I just can't sleep. She said, listen, put on some of Mark's preaching tapes. I went, okay, and I put it on, and you know what? I dropped straight off to sleep. I slept like a baby. Oh, yeah, okay. Anyway, he's got a great healing ministry. He's healed many people of insomnia. Uh, very, no, just kidding. Get on your own. But here's the thing. And what did Jesus say? Now, listen. Are you a glass half full person? Anybody a glass half full person? Are you, who's a glass half empty person? Anybody there just on the downside? Listen, I'm neither. Because Psalm 23 says, my cup, my cup runs over. Is that right? Come on. And Jesus said, come on, come on, fill it to the brim. Fill it to the brim. And then he said, now draw some out. And, the, and, and, and the, the servants drew the water out and they walked down the aisle. And the Kiwi said, this is, this is pretty choice, eh, bro? It's pretty choice. And he said, those, he didn't know where it had come from, but those who had drawn the water knew. But here's the thing. They poured in the water. When they drew it out, I believe it was still water. But as they started to move at the commandment of Jesus, something happened. As they stepped out, something happened, and that water turned into wine. It was like Jesus and the ten lepers. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. And and, and Jesus said to them, 
here it comes. Jesus said to them, Luke 17, 4, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Faith doesn't wait for the feeling, the healing to happen before they go and worship God. Faith steps out at the word of Jesus Christ. And as we're stepping out, as we step out in faith, then God does the miracle. There's people here tonight, you're believing God for a miracle and you're standing around, you're waiting for something to happen. Don't wait for it to happen. If God's spoken, then the miracle's on its way. It's already happened. Begin to move with God and the miracles will happen. And the water got changed into wine and I'll finish on this point. Uh, the, The head of the feast said, most people bring the good stuff out first and then the rubbish later on. Yeah, you can go now, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I've got two minutes and three seconds. Um, listen, but you saved the best till last. Guys, I don't know your circumstance. I don't know your age. I don't know what's going on in your world. Can I say this to every person in this church tonight? Your best days are not behind you. Your best days are in front of you. And God's got a great, God doesn't, listen, turn, I want you to, now I want you to go with me here. Turn to your neighbor and say, God does not have a plan for your life. Say that, just say it, go with it. Okay, here it comes. Because Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, I know the I have for you, says God, plans to prosper and not to harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. God doesn't have a plan for your life. Your life's so amazing. Your future's so amazing. God just doesn't have one plan. He's got plans. He's got plans for your finances. He's got plans for your relational world. He's got plans for your health. He's got plans for your ministry. He's got plans for your relationship with Him. God's got a plan for every aspect and area of your life. He's got plans. Because you've got a big life. You're made in the image of a big God. You've got a big future. You've got a big life. God's going to turn the water into wine. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Have a blessed week.